Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello and welcome to Where To Go. I'm James Atkinson, Senior Brand Manager at DKI Witness. And I'm Lucy Richards, Senior Editor at DKI Witness. And welcome to Where To Go, where every fortnight we find out more about the world's favourite travel destinations with the people who know those places best. And today, we have a returning guest, Lucy. We do! I'm really looking forward to this one. It's going to yeah. be lovely to see our pal, Alan. And we're talking about Denmark. Who doesn't love Denmark? <laughs> I know, yeah. I mean, I think I've been watching The Bear recently, and there's an episode set in Copenhagen of that, and it was just bringing back all of my Copenhagen memories from about 2017 or 2018, whenever I went over there. Yeah, I went in 2017. Yeah. I think because I just joined DK slightly after that as well. I remember us talking about it. But yeah, it's a a wonderful place. And we had Alan on a few years ago to discuss Copenhagen. Mm. Listener, you can find that episode if you go back in time. I remember lots of talk about open water swimming lots of cycling some quite obviously quite a lot of foodie chat as well definitely and we will definitely be touching on Copenhagen in this episode too but we're trying to cover the whole of Denmark and give a bit of a picture of the whole country all together so a little bit of a challenge definitely yep so many beautiful landscapes you know the hygge the happiness the outdoor lifestyle we've got a lot of ground to cover yeah and it is really truly to me it's like kind of where germanic europe meets like scandinavia as well yeah. and that kind of like blend of influences and stuff it's yeah. almost like the best of europe in my view like denmark so definitely i'm very very excited about this episode so yeah let's welcome alan Returning guest and friend of the pod, Alan Matuka Kortbeck is an award-winning photographer, journalist and marketeer based in Copenhagen. So welcome back, Alan. Hello. Good to see you all. It's lovely to have you back on the podcast. I think our first full episode returning guest. So welcome back, Alan. Um, as usual, we're going to begin with learning a little bit more about Alan, followed by his all-important recommendations of where to go and insider knowledge of Denmark. Then we'll hear about upcoming events and ways to make the most positive impact when you visit. Alan, hello, hello. It's lovely to have you back. It's been two years since we last had you on the podcast. How's life in Copenhagen treating you? Yeah, life is life is good. I'd say it's been a mixed year for me personally. My son was a bit sick and in intensive care at the start of the year and then I lost my mum later on. 
Um, and then believe it or not, I also got laid off from my job of seven years um, during the summer. But apart from that, there are also some positives, thankfully. Good. I'm okay, good. going to be a dad uh, for the second time in December. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. That's wonderful news. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Yeah, so expecting a daughter and uh, yeah, that's been the silver lining in it all. So yeah, a bit of a mixed year, but uh, yeah, happy to be here. So you spent your childhood split between Denmark and Kenya. Yeah. Whereabouts in Denmark did you grow up? I would come to visit my aunt and my aunt lives in a neighborhood called Fredericksburg. <laughs> Here in Copenhagen, where I am, it's on the edge of Fredericksburg, another neighborhood called Valbu. So literally her house or her row of flats is the last thing in between the two neighborhoods. Of course, she'd prefer to, to, to live on the Fredericksburg side and says that she comes from Fredericksburg. So Fredericksburg, Fredericksburg is a bit more, um, how do you say it's, it's a bit more of the, uh, it's a posher area of, of Copenhagen, let's say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. I know so many people in London who pretend that they live in yeah, one exactly. place and they actually live in another. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, her neighbourhood is not exactly the posh end, let's, let's just say. But, um, you know, for her sake, let's say she lives in Fredericksburg. So, um, yeah, it's, it's quite a beautiful area, um, the sort of area that she's uh, from and where I sort of grew up. Um, and I'd come there during the summer, which is a beautiful time of year. Um, we've got long days. The sun is out until very late. And my memories from there are mostly centered around running about around a beautiful lake called Damhusun. So there's a three to five kilometer run around that lake. It's it's quite beautiful and there's lots of swans uh, on there. Um, there's quite a few football fields as well. And I'd play there quite often. And I also remember coming back from uh, nights out when I was old enough <laughs> <laughs> and uh, walking from a station called Flintholm and basically walking for about say, two kilometers through all these uh, small summer houses or, you know, these garden houses where everybody goes during the summer. It was pitch dark and I'd walk in there at night uh, to, to get back home um, if I'd missed the bus or the train or whatever. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's quite a nice neighborhood. I also remember taking the bus into town, um, the bus um, drove along a, a street called Vesterbrogel, um, which is the street that goes through Vesterbro, the edge of Vesterbro. Yeah. And that was always very interesting just to see how the town changed. Uh, so coming from, from Hoskulevai, which is where my, um, my aunt lives, up the hill towards the zoo, and then down the hill. Uh, it's the only significant hill or the only thing that can be defined as a hill in Copenhagen, but I, I'm sure other people might have their own definition. <laughs> I was about to say Copenhagen is very, very flat in my memory. Yeah, there's one hill and that's it, literally, um, <laughs> up towards the zoo and then uh, down it. It's quite fun if you do it by bike. And uh, yeah, it's just a scenic bus ride into town and, and back from town. That's what I remember most from, from growing up there. Wow. Lovely. I love that nostalgic snapshot. Alan, thank you. We're going to be attempting to cover the whole of Denmark yeah. in this episode, which obviously is hugely ambitious. But could you give us a short summary of what you love most about the country? Yeah, most stuff. So, I mean, top of the list, I think, is how honest people are. So a good example of this is uh, the other day I was out biking and I dropped my uh, credit card. And uh, I obviously didn't realise this until I came home and somebody had written me a Facebook message. Somebody didn't know. And he said, um, hey, look, I have your credit card. We'll, uh, we'll stay parked here because it was around this dam that goes around um, Amma, um, which is part of Copenhagen. And uh, he says, uh, yeah, you know, we'll stay here for the next two hours if you want to come and pick it up. Um, so they're working on this pump house, uh, basically. And uh, of course, I, I rode out there and um, picked up my card and um, had a really good conversation, learned a bit more about this, this pump house that uh, 
keeps the city from flooding, apparently. Oh, wow. And these two uh, two gentlemen that were repairing it. And that's just one example of how, um, you know, people come to your aid at a moment when uh, when you need it. Which is, it's just nice to, to walk around like that and, and, and know that, you know, if anything happens, you're in a dependable place and people will, will come to your aid. Another good example that sort of illustrates that is all the unmanned strawberry, honey, local produce stands that we have, particularly in the countryside during the summer in particular. And it's kind of, you drop in, you pay for what you need and you leave. In principle, you could just take everything and not pay, but nobody does that, right? So mm-hmm. I think that's mm-hmm. just thinking about how many places in the world where it's actually possible to do that. That's something that really um, strikes through for me uh, about Denmark. Of course, in Copenhagen, it's a bit, <laughs> it's a bit dif- yeah. different, but in, you know, out in the countryside, it's always one of the things that I, that I think is, uh, is great. There's also very many people that live out in the countryside that never lock their, their, their doors. Um, their houses are permanently open, so it's there's a lot of trust um, in that sense in, in society, and that's that's great. Moving on to other things, I'm a massive fan of the way Denmark is made for those sunny days of the spring and the summer. Um, yeah. Everything just seems mm-hmm. to align uh, in picture perfect harmony. It kind of looks like a Wes Anderson film just turned up with a bit more saturation and contrast. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I suppose the fact that there's so much rain, wind, and everything in between the rest of the year just means that whenever there's sunshine, people just really appreciate that, which is great to have that sense of collective appreciation. I've never been anywhere that uh, that people really like get out in earnest and really just enjoy themselves as if it's the last day uh, that they have the chance to do that. Yeah, lastly, I think this deserves a special mention from my own point of view. Um, so the Northwest Coast is fantastic. So that's the Northwest Coast of, of Jutland. Mm-hmm. It's very rugged. It's got some of the best surf waves anywhere in the world. So I love to surf and that's actually where I've, I've, I've learned uh, to surf over the years. It's very dependent all year round. So the swell comes in um, and it's it's very regular. So you can be a beginner, you can be advanced, you can be a pro even, you find something for everyone. Um, it's got a rich fishing heritage, sandy beaches. Uh, there's jagged beaches as well, which is very rare in, in Denmark. And uh, there's even a special combination of colors, especially during the spring. So this is something that the Skane painters you might have heard of them um kind of reference through their work they reference this sort of amber uh, kind of glow and it's one of those things you kind of have to see to to believe it's best in my opinion i think around may june when the sun's just setting low in the sky and on an evening um it's a very special special atmosphere and a special place so that i feel that deserves a special mention above other things in, in denmark at this stage already absolutely well let's get on with finding out some of your best things to do Alan, to kick things off, we're going to ask you to give us a quick fire tour of Denmark. We're going to name a few categories and you have to suggest just one thing to do. Are you ready? I am. Excellent. So we're going to kick off with your favourite view. There's quite a few. If I had to select one, it would have to be... um, There's this little village called Lundstrup. Uh, It's in the uh, northwest of Denmark. So the shoreline that I I talked about before. And I think it's one of those places that you have to be at the top of the, the, the cliff of course but also go down to the sea as well it's not that far but it's quite it's quite a steep um elevation just to sort of gain an appreciation of the magnitude of the landscape here i'd say the closest the uk comes to this is somewhere like cornwall where you have all these um sort of cliffs that meet the the sea yeah the, the colors there are brilliant it's a place where there's lots of soil er- erosion so the, the clay cliffs sort of like melt away into uh the ocean they have a bit of an issue with people's houses um sort of like over time just sliding into the ocean 
But as you can imagine, this creates a really dramatic and beautiful um, landscape any time of year. I've been there in the winter um, a few years ago during Corona when um, when you literally couldn't go anywhere else. And it was fantastic being there for New Year's. Great light, great colours, the ocean down below, yeah. Everything that you sort of need from a, from a view. That sounds absolutely wonderful. Excellent answer. Um, I have high hopes for this one, Alan. Your favourite thing to eat? Yeah, I sort of went back and forth with this one. But I sort of settled on, on something that's called a stjanoskul. So a stjanoskul translates to um, like a star, asteroid, storm kind of thing. Uh, there's not really a translation that sort of carries across. But it's basically sole fillets, so fish fillet on white bread, cheapest white bread that you can find. And then you, you add asparagus, uh, mayo, shrimps, a bit of caviar, a small leaf of lettuce and a squeeze of lemon. Mm. And it's best served with white wine. It's quite a sizable uh, portion, I'd say. It's something that I eat a lot of when I'm, for example, surfing, after surfing. That's one of my, my preferred meals. So yeah, it's, it's great to have it on the, on the villages of Vorbrua or Klipmüller. It's called Hawaii, uh, as we call it. But the best place to have one, if you're looking for like the one place, is this place called Bierstelkro, which is a, a pretty random bread and breakfast, uh, this kind of inn sort of thing, pretty much in the middle of nowhere in, in northern Jutland. Um, I think, I don't know what, what the chef does there, but it's, um, it's fantastic each time. Oh, wow. Great. Definitely worth a visit for sure. Yeah. And on a similar theme, your favorite thing to drink? I'd say... A bit of an opinion divider, I think, but something like schnapps. Just because you drink it, I mean, if you're a normal person, you drink it like at, only at Christmas time. <laughs> I'd be worried if you were drinking it like all year round. Um, I really feel that it sort of lightens this sort of heavy atmosphere. Um, and this, there's always this smell of like, you know, ham or uh, saturated fat that just sort of like permeates um, every Christmas dinner kind of thing. And um there's a whole sort of like nerves and sort of like, okay, now it's Christmas. Now we're all sitting down and we're going to to have our Christmas dinner. Um, and the schnapps kind of lightens the atmosphere very effectively. So I, I can very much see that. <laughs> I will be trying that this Christmas. Uh, for sure. How about then your favorite day activity? Well, I'm biased with this one. I think surfing uh, in my case, but um, it's run pretty close by sort of running again, any, any time of year, immersing yourself in the, in the Danish weather in some way or form, whether you're in the ocean or whether you're running through torrential rain. <laughs> Excellent. I know we have a question coming up about that as well, so I won't push you too much <laughs> further. And finally, and this is a very, very good quick fire round. You're doing really well, Alan. Your favourite museum or gallery? So most people would say Louisiana. I think Louisiana is a little bit overrated and I've been there quite a few times, a few different times for my liking. So I'd say that um Go would be up there. Um I don't know why it took me so long to, to go there. It's kind of like one of those underrated destinations. But then again, you wonder why, because it's, I mean, part of it is designed by the late uh, Dame Zaha Hadid, famous mm-hmm, architect. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic, fantastic place. It's got a great outdoor park with um, very, very many interesting uh, sculptures, uh, some of them permanent, some less so. Last time I was there, we found this bamboo house and it looked, it wasn't even a house, it was just a bamboo structure very difficult to describe but there was a path in it all the way up to the top and you come up about eight to ten meters um so obviously i was there with my uh, family and my boy found it really interesting just to go up into this tree house and it did really feel like a like a tree house in the middle of a forest wow we kept on thinking it was going to fall down and because it was just you know strung together quite flimsily but obviously very secure because it's bamboo and so i found that very very interesting and 
just very, um, yeah, I mean, you know, most modern museums or museums won't even have the remit to do that. But uh, at Order of Gold, they, they're very experimental and they can get away with lots of, lots of interesting things. Awesome. Great answers. And passing the quick fire round with flying colours, I think. <laughs> Great. I know listeners will really want to know, Alan, your highlights for what to visit, mm. what not to miss in Denmark. So what are kind of your sort of must-see highlights? So uh, bear with me on this one because there, there are quite a few. So I'd say it depends where in Denmark you're at and what you're into, but I've selected a few of my own or a few of the ones that I think are quite interesting um, for listeners. So if you're in Zealand, that's where I am. That's where Copenhagen is. I mean, mm-hmm. the Tivoli Gardens are a must for sure. Absolutely. Very picturesque, uh, winter wonderland, fairy tales, uh, that sort of thing. You kind of have to see it to believe it. It's also in the middle of the city. It's 10 minutes away from here. But it's an it's basically an entirely new world. And um, any time of year, um, whether it's Halloween or whether it's Christmas or whether it's spring or summer, there's just always something to, to do and to immerse yourself in there. Um, I know I slighted it before, but Louisiana Museum of Modern Art, definitely. <laughs> and do yourself a favor of having something to compare with as well. So go to Arkit as well. So the Ark, that's in a different part of town. Mm. Um, not necessarily known for its museums, but but Ark Hill is, uh, was built there and it's, you know, simultaneously very random, but also very um, intricate. The building itself is quite interesting. Um, and they've had lots of interesting exhibitions there over the years. Definitely, again, if you're in Copenhagen, go for a waterfront stroll and a dip. That's, uh, I'd say that's like the obligatory thing that you have to do. I'd say you probably start around the Danish Architecture Center. You should also check out the Isle of uh, Refsalun. So as, particularly if you come in the summer, there's lots of um, festivals like Copenhagen that take place out there. And it's uh, a very unique uh, landscape. They haven't started developing it en masse yet. But uh, yeah, who's to say that in 50 years it's going to be the case? So... See it while you can. Again, on Zealand, uh, go up north, go to the woods. Uh, Gibskol um, is, is a huge wood. And uh, the town of Tisville, which is, uh, yeah, actually not so far from, from uh, Gibskol as well. That's wonderful coastal destination just to, to visit. If you're on Bonholm, which is not so far from Copenhagen, so I definitely suggest that people should take the short ferry trip over. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Hammerhus ruins are particularly uh, interesting, especially in the autumn, where if you send the ruins, basically you, you look out on this wonderful view of um, all the foliage. Um, it's, it's quite beautiful at that point. There's a wood that surrounds it. Also on Bornholm, I think you definitely want to have a, a good meal of fish at a smokehouse. And there's also this place called Kultipenhesle, which is a former coal tip or pit. Um, and it's basically now like all the coal mining has stopped and there's all these mounds there that have created a sort of desert landscape that just drops wonderfully into the sea. So that's Bonholm. If you're on the island of Foon, which is, for avid listeners, the island of Hans Christian Andersen, okay. then um, there's a castle called Eskol Castle, um, which is as fairy tale a castle as they come. And there's also a great festival there during the spring. It's called Heartland. Let's say if, you, if you're in the UK and you're a Guardian reader, <laughs> uh, then, then, then you'd go to that kind of festival, if you know what I mean. <laughs> okay, right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's, it's a fun. It's like the music lineup is interesting because it's different to a lot of the other festivals. And, um, you know, the setting, of course, you can't beat that setting. And they have some talks as well over and beyond the, uh, the festival itself. So quite an interesting thing to, to check out if you're on the island of Foon. And then to, to Jutland, so the hinterland, basically. Yep. I'm going to give you a tip from the island of Morse. So Morse is, is a very isolated place because it's literally an island in a fjord. 
basically. So it's an island surrounded by water and then there's land around that water. So pretty isolated, pretty unique. It's actually where my mum uh, came from. Oh, wow. And um, there's this place called Hanklet, which is a wonderful cliff. I'm not quite sure if it's made of limestone or what it's made out of, but it's quite spectacular, especially in a Danish sense. Uh, we're not known for our spectacular or rugged landscapes per se, but this is one exception to that. Uh, Cold Hawaii, obviously, I've mentioned this quite a few times. So these are the towns of Borbua, Klipmüller, Hanstholm. There's lots of places to, to surf there and to check out. The landscape itself is is also quite interesting and in a way also similar, ironically enough, similar to, to Hawaii, the actual island of Hawaii when you drive by because mm. you've got a lot of, um, what do you call it, heather and um, sort of like low shrubbery that, that just sort of um, breezes by your window when you're driving past, which is not dissimilar to, to when you're driving in Hawaii and there's like all this short grass that yeah. grows in the vol- yeah. volcanic uh, ash there. Fish and chips when you're out in that region, for sure. Um, you need to try that. That's, again, one of the favorite uh, meals. There's a place called uh, Torbstrand, uh, where I'd say the fish and chips is as good as they, they come. So, uh, yeah, you Brits should definitely uh, go over there, and I'm, I'm sure you'd find something very tasty on your, on your platter. Close by as well. So all these places I'm mentioning in, on Jutland are pretty close by. The Vixu Battery, which is basically a series of bunkers that have now, some of them washed into the sea and some of them are still left there it's quite actually it's it's nice to see the sort of well not nice but you can appreciate the scale of what this complex was uh back during the during the war and now it's just yeah it's just interesting to to see um all these concrete um structures that have just been eroded over the years there's also a bunker museum um if you want to um, brush up on your on your history the cliffs of Bulberg as well. That's quite an interesting uh, point to check out. If you're lucky, you can maybe see all the way to, to Norway. Wow. Um, this is a very nice limestone cliff, particularly uh, nice to visit during the sunset. And if it's a nice day in, in the sea, then you can also stand up paddle around there as well. It's quite a rugged and dramatic landscape, a good drop down to the sea as well. Moving further south, Aarhus is definitely a, a must-see, I'd say, as well. It's the second city in Copenhagen, but it's got its very own unique identity a lot of quaint, quaint streets. Uh, it's also got this very nice natural uh, area sort of outside of Aarhus called Maltzbjau. And if you're very lucky there, you'll spot wild horses. Very, very lucky, I'd say, because I've been there many times. I haven't seen them, but it's also a very large area. <laughs> Further south even, there's this place called Vaile. And Vaile has a fjord uh, and a very beautiful valley that sort of cuts through that. It's quite beautiful. Further west of that, you've got Billund and Legoland. Mm. that's a must-see for obvious reasons. It's part of Denmark's heritage. And uh, I think the Lego the Lego folk have a Lego house that I have yet to see. It's quite interesting. I've seen a lot of pictures on Instagram of it. So it's um, it's on my list. I was, I was going to say, with a young son, you have to go there at some point, right? Yeah, I, I do have to go there. It's just a bit far away. So like, unless you work for Lego, mm. like you probably won't go to Billund. But um, it's, it's still a nice area to sort of explore. And then further down south, even... You've got this island called Römer, where I don't know if anybody's seeing, but, you know, Visit Denmark and a lot of other places advertise these beach buggies with a sail on them. So the wind there really yeah. just kicks in and, and like you, they tie sails onto buggies and those buggies get thrown across the, the sea and the ocean and the, um, the beach at quite a, an astounding uh, pace. It's quite fun. Okay. Not for the faint hearted. Uh, <laughs> yes. I hasten to add. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. I mean, Alan, I think that was just, we, we sometimes like on these sort of country episodes, we struggle to get all of the kind of information in and all of the representation across the whole country as well. But that was a, a quite a remarkable snapshot of Denmark, I thought. <laughs> well, I'm glad you liked it. 
I left a lot of things out. <laughs> so I'm just going to delve a little bit further into, I mean, I know you're really, really big on your outdoor activities. You've already mentioned surfing. I know you're a big runner, cyclist and swimmer as well. And I think on the Copenhagen episode from a couple of years ago, you talked about, you know, taking freezing dips, uh, early morning freezing dips, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I just wanted to see sort of like in, in terms of the range of outdoor activities available in Denmark, can you tell us about some of the, the best ones? Yeah. I mean, there's absolutely almost nothing that you can't do like under the sun in Denmark um, or I say under, under the sun <laughs> that's a bit of a misnomer because <laughs> there is no sun for most of the year but um, I, so running is obviously one of them and um, everywhere you look in Copenhagen or in the cities or in the countryside a lot of people run on a daily basis others on a bi-weekly basis whatever it's a very popular sport the Copenhagen Marathon is a really big one as well, isn't it? It is, yeah. Both the half and the Copenhagen Marathon itself. And there's also lots of smaller runs. It's quite popular, uh, particularly for sort of people in their 40s in a midlife crisis or whatever. They just take up running. Um, all of a sudden they find out they're, they're really good. <laughs> Who knew? No, running running is, is definitely very popular. You'll find lots of running clubs as well if, if you don't want to run alone. Um, I personally run alone and I find it very soulful. Um, I like to listen mm-hmm. to lots of podcasts like this one for example um when i'm on my runs hello to all the runners listening to us right now (laughs) (laughs) yeah very good running material increasingly popular of late is a stand-up paddle this is a sport that Mm. everybody can can do i don't don't know if you really define it as a sport but anyway um it's something that you can really easily do and a lot of people actually have have taken that up you have quite a few inflatable stand-up paddle rafts or whatever you want to call them that that are sold from supermarkets so it's quite easy to have one in your basement and just take it out and um yeah, explore the city, for example, explore Copenhagen on a, on a standard paddle board. That's quite interesting. Oh, wow. One thing to remember, though, is that you need um, a life jacket because otherwise you're going to get a fine if the police okay, catch you. Good to know. So uh, you might look silly in, in the life jacket and you might not need it. But uh, yeah, it's one of those things that does catch quite a few people out. Mm-hmm. Biking is also very popular, obviously. So obviously, um, yeah, Denmark is a country that um, yeah has a strong bike culture. But by bike culture, I also mean like racing bikes. And that's obviously not... Yeah, it's something that's been really heightened by Jonas Wienicke winning the Tour de France uh, back to back. So there's quite a few people that have taken that up. Obviously, taking a dip, going back to what you were saying, yeah, um, that's that's very popular. I don't know if maybe the popularity is waning now a little bit, that people have um, discovered just how much more freedom they have now that the world is open again and... um, you know, it's not a, a cool Corona thing anymore. But yeah, take a dip any time of year. A lot of people do it, uh, particularly in the in the winter. I try to do it as, as consistently as possible. There's good spots in the city, places like La Banchina or Bullion, Eastlandsbrugge, Valbestrand. Uh, and uh, there's actually a new bathing spot out towards the dam around Amma. So they're trying to move people away from the city and towards this place. And it's, it's quite interesting, actually, if I find it interesting to see all the initiatives that they're, um, the commune or the city council has when it comes to actually encouraging people to um yeah take advantage of the the sea surrounding sea wonderful great finally i'm just gonna i'm conscious of time i'm just gonna ask you for one best kept secret in denmark that you'd be willing to share so um there's an island called anholt and it's not that far from uh, from roskile and uh it's not well known at all a lot of people um travel to the islands during the the summer but i'd say this one is the one that's still kind of a well-kept secret Mm-hmm. can't think why to be honest because it's it's really nice it's really unique it's got a very um unique landscape on part of it so they call it the desert where there's not much that grows there for whatever reason i think something to do with the soil because obviously mm. it rains as much there as it rains everywhere else in denmark <laughs> 
but uh, the soil here is is is, is particular. Or there's something that makes this landscape quite unique um, in a Danish context. And uh, yeah, it's I think it's what is it thirty to forty five minutes by plane from Roskilde, and the plane that you travel in is essentially an old propeller plane. So you sit next to the pilot, and you can um, yeah press one of the buttons that doesn't make the plane plane crash. Maybe <laughs> if you speak the pilot nicely. <laughs> so it's it's quite a nice experience. Ideal for families as well. I have friends that have um, flown there as well um, and obviously the kids have loved sitting in this loud propeller airplane that you can't hear yourself um, thinking I can imagine yeah and uh, yeah it's just a nice quiet place to to escape um, for a few days yeah I'd say that's that would be my one hidden gem if I had to boil it down excellent great Whether you want to trace the fearsome Viking empire, sample cutting-edge cuisine in Copenhagen, or discover Skagen's wild, windswept beaches, your DK Eyewitness Denmark helps you plan the perfect adventure. Get your copy in all good bookstores or at the link in the episode bio. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over seventy percent of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/achieve today. Alan, we're approaching the autumn winter season. What's Denmark like during this time? I imagine this might be when um, the concept of hygge comes into play. Hygge. Hygge. Yeah. Yeah. More or less. Yeah. <laughs> Forgive my terrible. You know what? No, there's people who have lived here for 20 years and they still can't say it, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. Yeah, it's approaching. I mean, late late summer's coming up, so um, you know, if you if you're into all round bathing, uh, so like jumping into the water all times of the year. This is a really good time to actually get started if you've never actually um, done it before. So it's very foggy in September um, in the morning. It's a fantastic time to, to wake up if you're into photography as well. That's also nice. And um, you can just sort of like slide into the water. And sometimes the water is, is still warm. Sometimes it's a little bit chillier. But there's a very unique sort of ghostly feel about um, bathing at that time of the year. Um, you also, If you're lucky as well, it's, it's, it's sunny and you can enjoy the sun as well. Surfing is a great time for it in the summer. You can still surf in without, you know, looking like an astronaut and putting uh, 10 layers on. Uh, you might need one or two layers, but, you know, not the not the full full metal jacket, as I like to call it. And, yeah, I think Huga Mode kind of gets built up towards November. There's a very uh, interesting uh, crescendo of how, like, things slowly start to go indoors and become very indoorsy. So uh, the power of the indoor power of the indoors is there to be honest because it's very unpleasant outside it's it gets dark really early <laughs> i'm yeah. not selling uh, anything really well but uh in, <laughs> indoors, <the> indoors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah indoors it's nice and cozy and you know you can build legos and um 
you have young children, it's just nice to get all artsy and, you know, do all these activity kits um, that, they, that they love doing, drink mulled wine, um, make Christmas decorations. Uh, I'd say everything from Halloween. So like Halloween has become massive over the last few years. Mm. We'll come on to that in, in a sec. But that's one of the things that you can sort of like prep for indoors and really like get into the, the, the hygge spirits. And then there's the sort of week or two when the, the colors sort of peak. So if you're into photography, it's a wonderful time just to go out there and take some some good pictures. Uh, it's it's very cold, so you probably need gloves. It's it's very chilly, chilly kind of cold and probably windy as well. But um, yeah, the foliage is always really, really remarkable, I find. Um, all sorts of colors, um, primary colors. One good place is, is Vestra Kiergård, which is the graveyard close close by here. Uh, Gribsko and other forests as well, quite good for this. So yeah, get out there as well in, in amongst uh, all the the hukli things that you're you're doing in the autumn. Cool. You mentioned Halloween. Can you tell us about some of the events to mark on the end of, so I guess the end of 2023 and then 2024? Yeah, so Halloween is going to be big again this year. And it's like, it's one of those things that I, I don't really know like when the official date actually is here because some people start it earlier and some people do it on the 31st of October. Um, the supermarkets already start in September, you know, trying to get people to buy stuff mm. and people do buy all sorts of things and like because there's not that many things to do outdoors <laughs> what, yeah. I, what we were saying before everybody just goes crazy and, and buys lots of halloween decorations especially if you have small kids so um there's all these halloween themed events in the woods um so in the north west of denmark it's a particularly good place to go for halloween events of that sort i went on one last year which was um there were things i had to opt out of Let's just say they were like, okay, my son is three, maybe he shouldn't, like, you know, it was a bit too much, you know, but rather that, you know, rather that you have that option when you're already in there. Um, I thought it was quite interesting. So you go on all these trails, dimly lit and so on, and it's a wonderful experience and it's fun for the kids. And there's also a house in a town called Smurm, uh, which is not so far from Copenhagen. And uh, this place just goes absolutely crazy. It's a, it's a family that live there and they just go, go completely rogue during Halloween. And I don't know how much money they spend on the decorations, but they have an open event where people can come into this haunted house in quotes and check it out. And yeah, I mean, there's a family that lives there every day, but you will know that looking at all the videos that sort of emanate from there. So that, that is an event in itself. Earlier on in October, you have culture night. So that's the night where I, I really feel personally that this should be spread over like a week or two weeks. So it's the night when all the cultural institutions in the city are free to visit. So you, you have like a culture pass uh, for the night and they often stage very unique exhibitions. If it's a, an art gallery or whatever, or um, you know even swimming pools or whatever, like it's sponsored by the council. Um, there's so much to see and do so be strategic and pick what like five or six things because you're never going to be able to see all the things in the city but you will see some very unique things um, in the city on this on this particular night it's also a night where you probably won't be out anyway because it's just really cold and awful around the 2nd of October in the evening how cold does it get around then so it's, it's not really the it's more like the chill factor if you know what I mean so mm. it's it's cold it's like maybe five degrees around that but it's more the wind and the darkness because Right now, during the summer, like it gets dark around nine or ten in the evening, right? And it mm. gets light like what four, three sometimes if uh, at the peak, right? So you have so much light, even if it's raining, uh, and you're just used to that. And it's it's lovely, and then all of a sudden it's shorter and shorter. And then November, 
um, you also lose an hour. Yeah. Um, because of daylight savings time. Don't know why they call it daylight savings. I don't see what they save. Uh, <laughs> what what it <laughs> saves anybody. But um, it's a very abrupt sort of like okay now it's dark. Um, get used to it sort of thing. Where it gets light at like nine, gets dark at like three. Maybe. So there's really not that long to sort of like enjoy the day, right? And it's pitch dark by like five o'clock, six o'clock. Very similar to here. There's something quite nice when it turns and then after you've had like that for months on end, it starts to kind of get get to you a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This season on the podcast, we're kind of putting special attention on how listeners can support local communities while traveling. Obviously, Alan, you've written for Copenhagen like a local a couple of years back, uh, which is all about supporting locals and their businesses, etc. But what kind of things can travelers think about to ensure they're supporting local communities when they're visiting Denmark? So as you said, I think it's a very good idea to read up on what you're visiting beforehand. I mean, we're, we should be the most literate generation of our, of our time. And it's very easy to access information if you don't have a book, um, such as yeah. the one you just described. <laughs> book. Uh, very good series. It's pretty decent, isn't it? So, yeah. It is, like it, it is. Absolutely. But, um, you know, if, if you don't have that handy, you know, go to Instagram and just look up. Um, I do this a lot myself if I'm looking for a hotel or if I'm looking for things to see and do. And just go on Instagram and find some hashtags that sort of, correspond to what you're looking for in that area and even you know find some that also tie into localhood maybe some that are not necessarily made by tourists but are actually made by by people they just do a bit of research beforehand because i think that's the best way of sort of seeing what it is you're actually going into and not reading some sort of like third party even if it's a trip advisor um review but the best way is to kind of like discern that information for yourself by what this place is is putting out there if it is even out on instagram for example Another good thing to do is um, write them. So if it's a, a little um, hot dog shop or whatever that you're going to just write them on Instagram beforehand if, with an interesting question um, that you can ask them before your trip because that kind of gets the conversation started. Um, and it means that you visit the place already knowing what it is, knowing that you're supporting a local um, person or community and you can sort of like break the ice um, because you, you're showing your interest and you can um, have an experience that's perhaps different to experience that the other guests are having there if they're just coming in and you know it could be there or it could be anywhere that they're going so yeah do, do i'd say just research what you're visiting and and you know try to support things that are local try to support things that are sustainable try to filter through all the noise of the ones that are saying that they are sustainable but are they really and uh also do a bit of experimentation as well like um try out different different things in the area that you're staying in some will be more sustainable than others the ones that are good and the ones that fit that bill um maybe you might want to think about going back to to visit i mean you mentioned instagram there as well and i think is there a flip side to that as well when you go to these small businesses like like your hot hot dog stand and stuff it's not necessarily about TripAdvisor reviews, etc., but actually just going out there, promoting it, telling word of mouth, spreading it on social media, etc., and, and really shouting about exciting local places that people wouldn't have heard of before, and giving alternatives. Yeah, I think I think there's a flip side. I think there needs to be such respect for these sorts of places as well. You know, I mean, the example I always cite is like when you go to Bali, and um, you know, you all see these pictures of Bali, right? Uh, but yeah. you never see sort of like the queues and uh, like the haggling that goes on. There's wedding photographers, there's influencers, there's tourists just crowding for this view. Um, So I'd say like, if you do tell a story, perhaps also tell the other side of the story. It's very easy to make a carousel where you you depict these things. I think that that story needs to be told as well, because otherwise we're just living in some sort of like unfiltered um, reality. 
things are not like that in in, in reality, right? So, yeah. Same time, like have have a bit of respect for for the different places that you visit. I'm saying this as well because I also perhaps need to get better at it myself. But it's just um, over time, I think you you find out like what sort of a tone and the sort of approach that you need to have when it comes to how you promote yourself and also how you promote um, the places that you're visiting, right? Mm-hmm. It is a bit of a science in its in itself, which is quite weird and it's probably not the one that the algorithm thinks performs best or whatever but at a certain point you also need to decide i guess if you're into that sort of thing is you know am i um am i living off my likes and sort of like getting super happy because of them or you know would i rather provide information and have less people read it but it's more consistent with my values and who i am yeah and what i'd like to convey that's a really good point similar to what you said with bali i remember going to santorini in greece we're obviously talking about denmark here we should talk about denmark <laughs> but yeah just seeing like the queues that you know the classic pictures of the caldera there and like seeing yeah. queues of people like kind of like actually just waiting to pose to take pictures there and it's just it's just bizarre whereas you walk a bit further down the street you find local restaurants and stuff that are completely empty and and amazing yeah. definitely some food for thought you do have that in copenhagen as well i mean mm. now that you know tourism is, is is booming again which is good but for instance go down to the waterfront and everybody has their camera out you know yeah. um yeah yeah they're meandering because that's what people do when they have their cameras right so they're like sort of like zigzagging across the road and in some cases you want to say okay maybe take five photos and don't take a hundred you know like yeah um, yeah. just also for yourself (laughs) just like filter out what's important what's remarkable and all that yeah think about the interesting narrative and going beyond that and what you would find interesting yeah yeah that's a wise words on so thanks so much for just giving us that wonderful snapshot of denmark i'm sure we could have fit even more into into this definitely but yeah i'd love to i'd love to come back and visit one day and hopefully we shall see you there definitely anytime you're here just uh yeah contact me and i'll be happy to show you around i will probably still live here in vesterbro um which is 10 minutes from the city center so fantastic thank you so much alan it's been wonderful to catch up How nice was that, Lucy, having Alan back on the podcast? So nice, yeah. Just visiting an old friend, isn't it? Listeners, when we do these podcast episodes, it's really, really lovely to have a big chat with with lots of our sort of guests and we continue that chat afterwards. I mean, lots of these people you talk to, Lucy, anyway, editing books and, and sure. so on. And But yeah, it's so nice to check in. Yeah, I know. It was lovely to see Alan. Big, big thank you to him for joining us. Absolutely. So, listener, if you want to follow Alan's work, you can find him at courtbecktravels.com. Uh, that's K-O-R-T-B-A-E-K travels.com. Yeah, so we'll be back very, very soon. I don't know if we know where we're I going think next. I think we do. Lucy. It'll be a surprise for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> so wherever we go, that is going to be in a fortnight's time. Uh, so listener, we shall see you then. And uh, it's goodbye from me. And goodbye from me. And we shall see you very soon. Where to Go is a podcast from DK Witness. It was produced by Julia Baker, presented by Lucy Richards and James Atkinson with the help of Bella Talbot. For more information about DK Witness, follow us on social media at DK Witness or visit dk.com forward slash eyewitness. And please like and follow the show. And if you have time, leave a review. Your support means so much to us. What was that? 
boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.